What is the digital economy? What does digital mean? Strategic How far can the digital economy go? Welcome back to the Digital Week. I'm Oliver Bolton, design ethicist at the Chair in Digital Economy, and today we are talking to Dr. Mark Pedersen, Chief Technology Officer at KJR. KGR have been major players within the digital economy across Australia for quite a while, having recently celebrated their 21st birthday. The conversation, held by Professor Marek Wolkowitz and Dr. Pedersen, explores the theme of digital maturity, why it's important, what the risks are, and how companies can transition from possessing strong technological capabilities to having meaningful technological impact. The Chair in Digital Economy has an established partnership with KJR, publishing a report last year on digital maturity, while also working collaboratively on a scorecard that allows corporate managers to assess their organization's digital maturity. Now here is the Digital Week. Hi, this is Marek Wolkowitz, Professor and Chair in Digital Economy at QUT. And uh, today my guest is Mark Pedersen, the Chief Technology Officer at KJR. Mark, good to see you. Yeah, likewise, Mark. Great to be here. Hey, so uh, you're based in Melbourne. Yeah. Right? So what brings you to Brisbane? Well, last night uh, KJR was celebrating our 21st birthday. We're a business that started in a garage in the Gold Coast mm-hmm. uh, 21 years ago. Who's KJR? So uh, we're a digital risk consultancy uh, and the the KJR in KJR is Kelvin John Ross. So he's uh, the founder and these days doing a lot of stuff around AI and health and all sorts of other uh, fun digital things. Mm. Um, and yeah, we had a, a great cast of people who've worked with us uh, over the years last night. So it was a lot of fun to see. Excellent. Uh, so a digital business that is 21 years old, that's pretty old, isn't it? Well, yeah. And I think one of the interesting things and people, you know, I mean, I've worked in that business for about 20 of those 21 years uh-huh. and people are often surprised. But the thing that I find is that it's always exciting. There's always something new. And I think one of the defining things about KJR in particular is that the business right from the start didn't start to just make money. It's about how do we make a difference yeah. in the world. Yeah. So if KJR were a person at uh, 21, they could legally drink, right? Yeah. They're mature. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about digital maturity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why, why digital maturity is an important topic to think about? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll run with the analogy. I think one of the things that, that um, can happen is that people, if they don't really understand digital maturity, mm-hmm. if they're maybe not really mature, well, they, they just drink passion pop and they <laughs> get very bad hag- hangovers and headaches, right? So um, it's important to approach digital responsibly. Uh-huh. Um, and I think one of the things that if, if you're not engaging in um, – the digital economy, then you lose out on a competitive advantage. Uh, All right. Okay. That's that. That's important, right? So now we're talking about businesses where they see implementation of digital technologies of digital solutions as a competitive advantage, right? Yeah. So one way, you know, of ensuring that this is happening, that they have this uh, competitive advantage, one way of understanding that is by measuring perhaps their digital maturity, right? Yeah. Is there anything else that they that they need to be aware of? There's a lot of 
options, you could say, where people are saying, well, uh, maybe you you need an app or you should use microservices or um, blockchain. Blockchain. <laughs> Everyone is implementing blockchain. Mm. So I think, again, it comes back to that process. If you don't have a lot of clarity about what it is you're doing and what, what technology you need to enable that, then you can easily be led by a vendor uh, or by the general's, you know, sort of buzzwords in the marketplace into adopting some technology that's not useful to you. All right. So, so we don't know what we don't know. We're a business that's simply, you know, good at what we're doing at the moment, but we feel like there's something happening outside. There's this sort of concept of unconscious incompetence, right? Yeah. And and this is basically opening up a lot of businesses uh, it, it, to be potential uh, potentially at risk from you know all sorts of snake oil salespeople right yeah or I mean even um, uh, even just in over investing in an idea that maybe has been untested so it's yeah. a solution looking for a problem I, I did a review of, of um, an application a little while ago we were asked to look at the architecture and see if it's scalable I started looking at this and I thought why does this app even exist? I yeah. don't think anyone needs it. So this is very interesting, Mark, because, you know, it makes me think at the moment, you're a CTO, right? Yeah. And and a lot of CTOs would actually focus on technologies just for the, the sake of technology, yeah. right? The case you're making is you need to look into technology for the, the business sake, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what value is um, this actually delivering um, to your business? Yeah. Um, and what improvement does it make to the overall um, sort of customer experience? All right. Uh, because that's how things, uh, I think, are measured in terms of value, in terms of impact yep. um, to the business and to society as a whole. Absolutely. So um, we've done some work together, yep. right? We've uh, we've worked on a on a digital maturity framework and uh, in a, in a report that's uh, that's uh, uh, being released uh, as we speak. Uh, uh, we have a definition of the digital maturity, which is the measurement of an organization's capability to adapt and operate effectively in the digital economy, right? Um, now, why did we, why did you want to work with us and look into into that uh, the digital maturity? And considering that there's so many frameworks available, why, why another one? Sure. I mean, I think one of the things that just before we even decided to build something new. I was looking for some kind of leading indicator. Too many times I've been involved in projects where we get called in maybe late in the in the life cycle to look at some kind of problem and discover that there is some very deep underlying weaknesses that mm. have led to this problematic project. Mm. People didn't really understand what they wanted. They had a, a misconception about what digital was going to offer them yeah so my feeling was there's a lot of money that's being wasted um, a lot of pain that comes from these sorts of projects what can we do to preempt that so i went looking for uh, a digital maturity model that's something that we might be able to offer to uh, our clients but also industry as a whole to avoid some of those obvious pitfalls almost like a proactive digital maturity assessment right before you do something we'll 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 let you understand the canary in the coal mine you know Mm. like uh, you know what's the uh what's the indicator that maybe something is uh the not the right project to invest in um uh not the right fit for your organization Mm -hmm. then when i started looking around i found that so many of the existing maturity models are very one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. So looking just at capability. So you see a lot of in the 
technology sector especially, capability maturity models, which yep. is let's take a process and let's make it more efficient and more efficient and more efficient. Well, that kind of presumes that you know where you want to go or why you're doing that process. That's right. Uh, so to me, it's like, well, we need to step back from that to get a clear idea of why uh, we need to do this project or choose that particular technology. And so in our research, uh, we've, uh, we've identified those two dimensions that are very important. One of them, the one that you've mentioned uh, just now, is the capability. And of course, it is important to develop this capability. Mm. But there's the other dimension, uh, which we call uh, uh, impact, um, where you, know, you would be uh, not only focusing on deploying more and more, better and better, more and more efficient technologies, but also asking yourself a question, you know, does it have any impact on my business? Yeah. And I, I think one of the things that is also um, interesting is that the way that that shifts over time, and it goes back to the definition, you know, the capability of an organization to adapt and operate effectively in that digital economy. So some of the clients we've worked with, their technology has been in place for 15, 20 years. It was quite revolutionary when it was there. Now they have a great deal of capability in that area. Yeah. But the rest of the digital economy has moved on. That's right. You know, so now oh, I can get the same solution just with an iPad and $10 a month yeah. subscription yeah. to a service and I can run my business with that instead of you know some complex network and operating systems and other bits of, of uh, equipment. That's a, that's a very good point. Can you think about some examples of organizations that have really developed their, their digital capability but the impact almost remained unchanged? So, I mean, I think, yeah, one of, one of the organizations I've been working with, leading manufacturer of point-of-sale systems, um, they had, you know, huge impact with their technology as they were developing, but then it started to stall because, as I said, mm. technology had sort of moved on and their customers are starting to go for the simpler, easier iPad kind of option. Got it. Um, so then all of that capability uh, was almost like a blocker to mm. being able to embrace new technology. Oh, wow. So yeah. they sort of went down the rabbit hole and, and, and got stuck in a way. Uh, Impact-wise, um, um, you know, there are, there are organizations that actually could stay low on the capability. So, like, don't overinvest in technology and then grow their impact. Sometimes, in, you know, in our research, we're comparing this to, like, going to a gym, right? So, you know, you can go to a gym and sort of work in your muscles and you can, you can build them up, right? And you, you could, you know, leave the gym huge, right? Mm. Uh, uh, and it's a bit like capability, right? So you have those huge muscles, but you're not really using them for anything, right? And, or at the same time, Time, you could be, you know, a person who sort of is slightly smaller, but is very agile and can can use the muscles, the smaller muscles that they have to, you know, to a particular purpose, right? And I think this is, uh, you know, that example, uh, a, a beautiful case in uh, uh, in Queensland, um, here in Australia. It's uh, Watkins Steel, uh, a business, a local local business here, where they decided to play a bit with Microsoft HoloLens, and uh, they created this solution where they allow customers. Uh, to have a look at the future 
constructions that are going to build uh, using augmented reality, right? And they're in the market of sort of small and medium uh, businesses, individual projects, and so on. So, so, so very unusual one. And I think this is this is a good example of how capability is relatively low, though you know, obviously, admittedly, you know, Hololens, Microsoft Hololens, not every uh, steel welding steel welding business uses that, but they really have huge impact. So we talk about digital maturity. Uh, and something that I wanted to ask you, Mark, is can you be too mature, too mature, too digitally mature? I mean, in a couple of ways. I think one, as I alluded to, having an overinvestment in a particular existing capability means that you are unwilling to let go of that to become more focused and more purposeful. And another example might be that if you have gone too far ahead of the market, so uh, I'm not going to manufacture anything. I'm just going to um, sell digital widgets that, that people can download and print in their home with a 3D printer. But maybe not enough people have 3D printers yet. Got maybe it. the materials for 3D printing are actually not good enough mm-hmm. for the thing that you want to produce. So then you are too far ahead. So you have to be really mindful of, of what's around you and, uh, and and really just just think about your investment. Again, I think the message of the post- podcast today is that the digital maturity is for the sake of the business, right? Mm. Not for the sake of digital, right? Yeah. So if you if you see that in terms of business, any additional investment in digital maturity is not really going to change your uh, business, perhaps you should think about redirecting the, the investments. Yeah, exactly. And and sometimes it's about time frame. So, I mean, going back to the POS um, uh, manufacturers that we've been working with, I'm really delighted to see that, that they've been able to solve some of those digital maturity challenges by engaging the right partners and clarifying their vision now they you know building out into the ecosystem connecting with you know broader solutions like fedora and so forth so it's um it's really exciting to see what they're doing it is it is impressive uh mark um we need to wrap up very 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 soon uh at the end of every podcast we talk about new jobs new services that 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 might be emerging uh is there is there a a a new job that you would be thinking of as something that's emerging in this space of digital maturity I think one of the things that's increasingly falling in 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 my lap is this kind of like digital maturity assessor, uh-huh. you know, where you you're being asked to provide advice on is this the right direction? Are we ready? Uh, is this actually uh, a mature solution? Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to deliver impact? Um, and this is both kind of like new and not new. Uh, it's not new in the sense that large-scale organizations have been asking for this, you know, forever. But yep. now I'm starting to be asked to, like, review, um, you know, smart contracts for Ethereum ICOs. Uh-huh. Um, this is probably a startup of five people. But, you know, um, there's this need to self-regulate and um, get uh, an assurance of quality um, as everyone starts to participate in the digital economy. Okay, so it's a, it's a growing market with some examples of existing jobs. I, I do have a, a job as well, just came up with it, uh, uh, digital nutritionist. Yeah. So uh, a, a, a person, an individual, perhaps a business that advises businesses of what type of digital content they should consume 
to stay healthy in that yeah. you know in the digital space, right? So we're not talking about food; we're talking about information and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a friend who lives in Sydney who describes herself as a digital nutritionist. All right. Okay. So, so it was not a new idea. Well, it's slightly different to yours in that she's working in schools, uh-huh. and a lot of what she's working on is kind of like helping um, kids to have like a good digital diet, so they're not just passively consuming, mm-hmm. but uh, using digital technology to create and engage and and exercise their their digital you know um uh thinking space all right okay so thankfully i was thinking more about a you know digital business nutritionist right so taking it to the next level well i think maybe some of these kids will grow up to be the the corporate digital nutritionist that you're talking about what a good point speaking about uh, getting older once again congratulations to kjr on turning 21 and becoming fully mature yeah Uh, mark thank you so much for joining me on this podcast uh, today it's a pleasure That's it for this week on the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Chair Digiconomy and visit our website at chairdigitaleconomy.com.au. See you next time.